Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond? From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time Podcast. Hello, welcome back to our fourth episode. Um, we're doing a Christmas episode, yeah, a Christmas special. Our second Christmas special. Um, and we're here again in Jova, um, in Fitzrovia. It's one of our favourite coffee shops in London. Um, you can come here, you can rent a desk in their Joffice downstairs. It starts at £8 an hour and they've also got video conferencing facilities, £30 an hour in their private meeting room. And they also make a really mean coconut hot chocolate. That I'm actually just drinking now. So we can we can testify for the chocolate. Yeah. It's very nice. So uh, what are we what are we talking about this week? Um all things to do with Christmas. Um first of all, Christmas burgers. Okay, so this week you've been eating a lot of Christmas burgers, just figuring out what's going on on the Christmas burger scene. Disclaimer, I don't eat meat, so I'm like the worst person with yeah. these kind of features, so it always gets put on you to try like 15 Christmas burgers. Also, what I would say is that I've just come back from Vegas, where I went on a, a voyage of food for the past seven days. You basically got gout. Yeah, I got gout. That was it. America has got a serious problem with portions. Like, there was this... I, I honestly, I ordered this banoffee pie, and it, I think they gave me the full pie, but it was just a slice, and it was there, so I ate it. And that also that burger you had where they gave you a little um, a little thing of cheese to pour over it. Disgusting. Yet yeah, so great. <laughs> it was so delicious. So yeah, was fresh out of Vegas. So fresh from Vegas. You come back to London, and we just force all the Christmas burgers on you. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm loving it. To a certain degree. Um, I've had to eat, you know, I had to balance them out because sometimes it does get a bit too much. But there's been some great ones. So what's happening in the Christmas burger scene? Um, You may have heard the news. (laughs) Um, Byron have created an exceptional burger. If you like cheese, Mm -hmm. leave your lactose intolerant friends at home um, and take on um, a patty with 10 levels of cheese. I'm talking cheddar, red Leicester, all that jazz. Wait, hold on. It's got 10 kinds of cheese. Yeah. In the burger. Yeah. It's mad. <laughs> um, I think they just were just maybe like throwing a tennis ball around a room and thought, like, how do we make our Christmas burger? I think the idea out? is it has like 10 components which contain cheese. So like it has a Parmesan aioli and like all little different elements that include yeah. cheese, just building up to a general yeah. cheese feast red onion smoked tomato ketchup and then with a jug on the side a jug of uh, melted byron cheese that you can pour over your patty that sounds absolutely horrible but if you like cheese great down to byron for the fromagemus i wanted you to say that (laughs) oh because you were scared about saying it yeah you might notice dear listeners in this podcast that we don't talk often about french restaurants because alicia from grimsby here has a serious issue with pronouncing anything french yeah well i said it for it fromagemus fromagemus yeah i thought hotel Divin was hotel divan um but that's another story no wait that was the right that's that's also so comic because that's the right way it is hotel divan not hotel Divin. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my God. But, yeah, and they also do mac and cheese bites with They're... Byron cheese sauce, spring onions, crispy bacon. It's just so like... you can get a side of mac and cheese. Yeah. It's just cheese overload. Just leave for the cardiac arrest. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's another um, great Christmas burger happening in Fulham at Meetup. They're doing a Christmas burger pop-up and you can basically customise your Christmas burger. They've got different coloured buns. So the one that we were looking at earlier had a red bun. Yeah. I guess they're using some kind of... They can do a charcoal bun as well. Ooh, so if that, you, if you're so that way inclined. A black bun. Great. And you basically, it's like a whole DIY jobby. So you choose what toppings you want and you can just like make this amazing huge burger at Meetup. But you can actually top it with like loads of different things. So you can top your patty with duck pastrami if you want to go wild you can do chicken chicken uh, tikka you can do lime and chili prawns oh. or even a kinder egg you can put a kinder egg on your burger but this is what i think like, but why but, but, why this is, would you want to put a kinder egg on your this burger this is what i mean and this is kind of okay i think annoy is not is a strong word but i think some restaurants just think what what's going to get people's attention are people really going to enjoy having a bloody kinder egg on the burger probably not <laughs> No, I don't want that. My grandmother, who doesn't like herbs, and if I take her to a restaurant that they put herbs on, she freaks out. Something like a Kinder Egg burger. No, absolutely not. But they do a burger, a Christmas burger. If the Kinder Egg is too much, which it is, (laughs) um, they do a Christmas dinner, essentially, in a burger. All all the... uh, all the greats, turkey, bacon, pigs in blankets, stuffing with a side of gravy mm. you can pour over. So Christmas dinner one in one. Yeah. Okay. Convenient. It's a, it's a convenient choice. <laughs> they also have something quite similar going on at Meat Liquor. They've collaborated with Tom Kerridge, big time, famous chef, and they've done something that is a five bird patty. So the patty itself contains duck, turkey, chicken, pigeon and pheasant. And then they with throw in... pork <laughs> belly. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, what? Anyway, so it's like They've proper. Just it's just gone anti-vegan. They've thought, screw yeah. this. We'll forget what all the trends are saying. We'll yeah. put five different birds in a patty. It also comes with cranberry mayonnaise and Brussels sprout coleslaw. I like that. Do you? I mean, would you eat that? Yeah, I would. You are three meat scrimshaw though. So yeah, five yeah. bird patty actually works really well. I like that because you know what, cranberry mayonnaise. That's a good. That's two things that have come together to create one great thing. If you can just forget the fact that it has pigeon in it, I think that's. Yeah, I've actually eaten pigeon before. No, it's pheasant, mate. Oh no, it is pigeon. It's pigeon as well. It's Sorry. pigeon and pheasant. Yeah, and I, ha- pork. I have eaten pigeon before. I, I hope it's like ethically sourced pigeon. I hope they haven't just gone to Trafalgar <laughs> Square and like just gone hunting. Anyway, if you want to try that, that's a meat liquors all over London. Yeah. Now, this is the only one that I think I would go for, is there is a Christmas burger at Virgo & Co, which is in Old Spitalfields. It's outside Lululemon, of course. And um, they have a vegan Christmas burger, and it's delicious. I've tried it. Roasted parsnip and chestnut patty. It's got homemade sage stuffing, parsnip tails, and a clementine mayo, and it's just really good. Okay, and it's, can I ask you a decadent. question? It's can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because this is what I find with a lot of my veggie friends, vegan friends with burgers, dry. Do you know what? I agree with you. Normally... No one wants a dry patty, gels. <laughs> Normally it is dry, but because they've really gone hard on the Christmas spirit, it's actually got chilli cranberry jam and clementine mayo, which is a little bit weird, but it's actually really tasty and there's, it's, it's lubricated, don't worry. Okay, it's a well-lubricated burger. It is, it's very well-lubricated. And for vegans, it's great. It doesn't feel sort of clean and healthy. It feels quite decadent. I yeah, like that's it. what you want from a burger. You want it to be sloppy, you want it to be messy... 100% plant-based, just goodness. Oh. Anyway, so don't have the five-bird one and have yeah, the burger I mean, one. That's what I'm saying. Okay, great. What um, what else other than over-the-top burgers is happening in London? What's the big trends? Christmas cocktails. Christmas cocktails. Every, Again. every year, every year, Alyssa and I sit in about time office and we get inundated with these press releases about 
mince pie martinis and eggnog like cocktails and we go and try them every year we're like we'll just do one and that's it because they're they're quite sickly but there are are a couple that we've discovered that are quite nice yeah they are and i do think with um there's a fine line there's a fine line with um christmas cocktails because a lot of it is quite creamy yeah quite heavy do you really want that after a, a five bird patty? Yeah, as a, as an outsider to Christmas, I feel like there's a very sort of unhealthy relationship that, with food that happens like all year round. Everyone's focusing on like diets and weight loss and like let's all like spiralise vegetables. Gets to December and everyone's like, let's just put loads and loads of double cream in everything, and we'll make cocktails out of double cream and just go mad with Christmas burgers. It, it doesn't feel like a very a very stable relationship. No, I, I think it's great. It's just bingy. No, but that I mean, I wake up in the morning on Christmas Day and mum's got the Baileys out <laughs> it, I feel like Christmas Day is like Christmas Day follows the rule of an airport okay airport departure lounge and this is what I've, I've come to what's, terms with what's the rule of- there are no rules <laughs> you know when people go to Weatherspoons and they drink at like 4am but it's like we're going on holiday this is really true it's the exact same on Christmas Day you can open a box of celebrations and have them for breakfast mm. Because it's Christmas Day. You it's can... really true. Like, I've taken flights at like 4am. People are getting a Wagamama's curry. No, There are no rules in departure. <laughs> There's no rules in departure. That is what Christmas Day is about. There are no rules. Yeah, it's actually true. Like, what other month in the year would you eat a little piece of chocolate every morning? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I should have done an advent calendar. Yeah, I didn't get one this year. I'm actually quite bummed out. So if you are into Christmas cocktails, there's yes. quite a few places in London that are offering good ones. So um, do you know what's coming back into fashion? Sherry? I don't believe you. <laughs> well, I've heard it through the grapevine okay. that sherry is becoming trendy. And there's a new sherry bar in East London called Sack, and they just focus on sherry. And they're doing these winter warming cocktails. Well, the one I like the sound of is a hot buttered sherry. Sherry reminds me a bit of my nan. Yeah, I think the whole point is they're like trying to make it trendy. Okay. You know when like you go around to your nan's house, you just like take your coat off, look like you're staying. <laughs> and you just like sat there on the sofa and you're like, <laughs> but yeah, no, okay, sherry, fine. So if you'd it's like to take a revival your nan for sherry, so go to Sack. They're doing hot butter sherry, which has brandy butter. This is what I mean about December. It's got brandy butter in the cocktail. Controversial. I they really like brandy butter though. In a cocktail. Yeah. And they've Oof. also got a gingerbread Collins with liquid gingerbread. Yes, please. I like the sound of that. Yeah, that does sound really, really good, actually. And for something rich and indulgent, St Pancras. Not just a train station. <laughs> no, so much more. At Searchies, at St Pancras, they've got a Christmas pudding martini. So they've got, that includes cognac, Madeira wine, apricot liqueur. Oh, no, that sounds really good. Oh, and spice syrup and red berries. So sort of like a Christmas pudding distilled into a cocktail. Uh, you see, I don't like Christmas pudding. Okay, so you might not like this one. But I feel like the cocktail's quite nice. Yep, and it can be yours for £10. Bargain. That's not that bad, actually. No, it's not. If you like boozy hot chocolates, Avery have a festive hot... Um, Who doesn't like a boozy hot chocolate? Just the one. They, they've got these hot cocktail menu, and you also have it in one of their igloos, which is always fun. Oh, and they've got hot gin and tonics. Ooh. Mm. How do you heat tonic water? Does it stay bubbly, do you reckon? <laughs> a flat gin and tonic. <laughs> no, probably... They probably factored that in. Yeah. They've also got a Moles Negroni. That sounds nice. Yeah, that does sound nice. Although, do you do you, do you put a twist on a classic? <laughs> do you mull it? Yeah. I think everything tastes better mulled. I do love mulled cider. I actually. went through this one year of buying those mulling sachets, and I just mull anything in sight. I learned what can and can't be mulled. It's sort of a similar experience to when I got a spiralizer. I just tried to spiralize everything. There are certain things that cannot be spiralized. Like apple just does not spiralize very well. No. Corey. I think that I think the the shape of it is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Never try and spiralize a clementine. Do you think you could mull ribena? 
because I used to put Ribena in the microwave and um, and it's basically hot. Our producer is nodding and saying he can, so, okay, I, think, so I think we should try mulling yeah. Ribena. Love Ribena. Um, what also, can you not mull? Milk. Mm, Would mull badly. Yeah, mull milk. Good curdle. Good curdle. <laughs> um, also, Jack Daniels and the London Cocktail Club have partnered um, for the hot dog, dog spelt... D-A-W-G. I see what they've done there. Shot. Um, and um, a sausage chaser. Yeah, so basically what they've done is they've got, you get a shot of Jack Daniels fire, which is sort of like a cinnamon-infused Jack Daniels. And then after that, as a chaser, you get a sausage, which is infused with the flavour of Jack Daniels. I like that. If that's something you want in your life, it's five quid. It's available all of December. And where's that available at? At London Cocktail Club. Great. Okay, and they have locations across the city. Apparently they put loads of effort in to get the flavour of the Jack Daniels into the sausage, and uh, yeah, they've told me that it does taste of Jack Daniels. Is it just a poor man in a basement making <laughs> yeah. Jack Daniels just infused sausages? What a weird job. Do you think yeah. that's what it says on the CV? <laughs> so what do I do? I just infuse sausages all day. Um, and... If you, basically, if you want to do this all at home, 31 Dover, which is a quite a cool website for buying booze, um, they have a mince pie cocktail syrup. So, like, just do it yourself at home. Just get the mince pie cocktail syrup out and just get creative. So I just put that on ice. <laughs> 6.95. I just put it on some ice, to be honest with you. I don't need cereal in the morning. Yeah. God, mince pies great, aren't they? On the topic of mince pies, that's what we'll be talking about after the break. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. So something else that seems to be happening a lot in London is kind of mince pies, but they've gone mad. So rather than rather than mince pies like traditional ones, we're going for kind of mince pie inspired hybrids, hybrid mince pie inspired things. Yeah, I'm seeing them everywhere. I'm a traditionist when it comes to mince pies. I'm not going to lie. My mum on the group family WhatsApp said to me, "Should I make some mince pies this year?" I said, "No, because you cannot be M&S deep fill or butter mince pies." <laughs> She took offence. But her sausage rolls are great. Love your sausage rolls, Mum, but your mince pies just don't cut Not it. Not surprised. But yeah, I am a traditionist when it comes to mince pies, but actually, sometimes, every now and then, I think, hey, I'm going to try something different. And Paul, they have, they have produced something quite different. Okay, so what are they doing? They've taken a croissant mm. and basically stuffed it with mince meat. It's a, min- it's a mince pie croissant. It's a mince pie croissant. Yeah. Um, that is one hell of a hybrid. Yeah, and it's actually really bloody delicious. Okay. Yeah. Paul's Paul's smashed out of the park with that. Crosstown donuts. Yeah. Um everyone's favourite. Who doesn't love Crosstown Donuts? Nobody. Um little mini dough bites and they've stuffed it full um with homemade fruit mints, hand dipped them in a brandy butter glaze, and then topped them with a vanilla pie crust crumble. Wow. That is so gourmet. Yeah. Mince pies have never looked so fancy. Yeah, no, it's really... Honestly, if you like donuts and you like mince pies, I'd seriously recommend you going down to Crosstown Donuts. They also do vegan... No, I mean, not mince pie ones, but they do vegan donuts generally, which is quite exciting yeah. for vegans. Yeah, and also, um, Blondie's Kitchen, mm-hmm. they have a little pop-up store in Selfridges. So cute. It's a, a cookie, like, cupcake, and they've filled it with mince meat. So it's like a vanilla pastry cup. Mm. if you can imagine that and then they fill it with mince meat a cookie cup a cookie cup Mm -hmm. then they put pastry on the top and they sell them in boxes of 66 not not 60 (laughs) I would take 60 down (laughs) I would take 60 down and if you want to have an ice cream sundae because I mean it's very much the time of year for ice cream sundaes um, Lazy Bones does a mince pie sundae yes what's in it 
Um, there's lots of things in it. It's got chocolate and hazelnut and mince, uh, mince pie brownies. Vanilla. Ice I mean, cream. I don't even know what mince pie brown. How do you make a mince pie brownie? I suppose you just put some raisins in a mince pie and some some booze. Yeah, fair. To be honest, I'm glad we're not in charge of the kitchen. That's what I would do. Uh, vanilla ice cream and hot chocolate fudge. So it's a sort of mince pie inspired sundae. I like it. Sounds really intense, but I quite enjoy it. And if you find yourself over King's Crossway, um, Bar and Block have uh, got a mince pie cheesecake on the menu. Oh my god! Just to, just to round off that Christmas dinner. To be honest, I feel like 2017 we've gone too far. Mince pie cheesecake. <sighs> Is that good news? Do you remember that time that we were at a restaurant and I had a cheesecake and I asked for a, a portion of cream on yeah. the side? And I judge really... you for that quite a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just feel like there needs to be some wetness with a cheesecake. Yeah, you, so you like double cream with a cheesecake? Yeah. God. No, I feel like people will agree with me on so, this. So much dairy. No, but there needs to be... Lubrication. Said, there needs to be lubrication so, on the cheesecake. Episode one of this podcast, we talked a lot about balls. And episode two, we talked a lot about lubrication. Yeah. And We're going to get blocked on iTunes soon. <laughs> it's not suitable. Um, but yeah, loads of mince pie happenings going on in the city. So much stuff. I do love a mince pie, though. If you are looking, if you haven't organised your Christmas um, meal in London and you're looking like to take your office out or to do like a kind of meal with some friends, we've found some great menus that are happening in the capital especially feasting menus so like sharing style because that's fun you know like rather than having their like standard three course meal where everyone has turkey in the middle and you have some smoked salmon to start with yeah. you know you can go to loads of places in London that do these kind of a whole table just filled with things to share Yeah, you have to go with people you like though because you don't want to share food with people you don't like it's also like you know when you go to your mates down the curry house and then they're like oh like do you want to like share your naan and rice and they're like no <laughs> and I'm like I don't need you in my life so don't take them to the feasting menus yeah take people who don't hog the food yeah I don't like it when people go for seconds like too early I know what you mean <laughs> hey we're in this together guys but um Dishoom talking about curry houses Dishoom are doing an absolutely stonkingly good feasting menu a whole turkey leg prepared in the traditional Indian style cooked slowly over a day spices it's tender there's some Bombay style potatoes going in there and Dishoom's always fun like it's just got such a good atmosphere if you want to go for a Christmas meal I just yeah it's always nice there yeah even if you don't go for the Christmas meal go for the black bean dal <laughs> it's so buttery you went on a date the other night didn't you I did I d- thanks Angelica yeah <laughs> I did sharing your personal life but actually I didn't mean to go to Dishoom on a date it was like I was like drinking and you know when you just like I was like four pints of cider in and then I was like I really, I really need, need some, some food some dal in my life <laughs> I need some dal and then we had some dal and that I just feel like going for curry on a first date is, is dangerous it was bold <laughs> it was bold we have spoken since by the way he hasn't, I mean... In, in case he's a subscriber to this. Um, if you don't like Indian or you want to do something different, Cafe Murano um, by Angela Hartner have also got an Italian-inspired feasting menu and lots of classics and um, pasta with pumpkin and sage butter, which is just my favourite thing in the world, and um, lots of other Italian delights. You can try that one. And Smokestack as well are bringing the meat big time um, with their with their massive sharing platter. <laughs> <laughs> forgot the words but it's a whole beef brisket so take all your meat loving pals there I mean you know I've been to smokes that many times never a bad meal the Welsh rabbit potatoes oh, wow insane but yeah they're, they're smoking up some I mean it's, it's 150 quid small price to pay small price to pay for a lot of meat um, but yeah smokestack um, yeah 150 quid but it does you get 20 people's worth of meat 
That's a lot of me, isn't yeah. it? I don't have 20 friends. <laughs> Do you have 20 friends? No. I aim to make one new friend a year. No. Do you make a new friend a year, though? Yeah, I think so. I think that's like a moderate aim. But you know when like you, you used to watch my Super Sweet 16 and like 400 people attended their party? Yeah. I think they were hired. Like, I, can't even, I can't even fill my living room, <laughs> let alone a village hall. So if you have 20 friends and you've got 150 quid to spend, go to Smokestack and get a whole beef brisket. Yeah, great. Um, and joining us next is um, Rosie Burkett and Terry Mercica. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored through Book a Table by Michelin. Like us, they think we should make the most of London and get out more. They've even got festive dining covered as our go-to destination site for restaurant recommendations running up to Christmas and beyond. If you're in need of some seasonal inspiration, tweet Book a Table, and along with their helpful followers, they'll send some festive ideas your way. You can check out their luxury Christmas menus for an unforgettable 25th day feast, Get sorted for Boxing Day lunch or see out 2017 with a spectacular New Year's Eve dinner. From Christmas-themed railway cabins in Brick Lane to Mad Hatter's Festival Tea, there are tons of Christmassy treats to explore. We'll be sharing some of Booker Table's top tips for festive afternoon teas, so watch this space. Welcome back to our Christmas special episode on the AT Show. We're joined now by Rosie Burkett. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself. So I am a food writer and a cook um, and a, an author. But tell us about your book. So you've, you've written quite a, quite a few books, can you tell us about the most recent one? Yeah, so the most recent one came out in 2016 and it's called East London Food and it's a kind of uh, document uh, capturing all of the incredible things that are happening on the East London food scene. So everything from small-scale independent food producers to a forager who goes out on uh, Hackney and Walthamstow marshes and picks lots of wild food um, to Michelin-styled restaurants. Amazing. What was it about East London that drew you to like want to write about that the, uh, in the book? Just the kind of, um, A, the variety in terms of food, of, of what's available, but also the, the fact that there's a rich history there of food production. Um, and it's actually one of the kind of original places in London that, that street food grew out of, because um, I don't know if you've heard of sort of jelly deals. Um, they're, they're, quite, they're quite a divisive uh, food, but they started off in um, East London and um, they grew out of people kind of fishing eels out of the Thames um, for the working class who, who were sort of doing lots of manual labour in that area of London. Um, so there's a real rich history in East London of food production. So it was a, it was a big sort of crossover of all those things. Fantastic. As it's our Christmas episode, what does Christmas Day look like in your ha- household? Well, it starts with a bacon sandwich, um, first of all. So we always have a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea while we wake up. And when I was younger, obviously opening my stocking, but I don't have one anymore because um, my mum said when I turned 30 that I wasn't getting stockings anymore, which is fair enough. <laughs> um, and um, so we start with bacon sandwich and then... I mean, these days I have to get up and start cooking. Um, but yeah, it used to be a case of slowly opening presents and, you know, getting into the swing of things. I suppose being a chef, you don't really get away with not cooking on Christmas Day. No, I mean, my mum, it, it, it's sort of a p- bit of a power struggle because my mum's an amazing cook and, um, you know, has always cooked Christmas. So these days I try and take that 
off her because she's like 72 and she has arthritis and she she shouldn't be running around cooking um but yeah she she is a backseat cook so um it's always a little bit of a power struggle between us uh which is quite hilarious and this year we're going we're getting both because i got married in may so my husband and me are getting both our families together and we're hiring holiday cottages in oxford um to to have room for everyone and um, I'm meant to be cooking Christmas lunch, but my mum's already like on the phone to me going, so I've just made the bread sauce and um, I'm doing the gravy. I'm like, whoa, 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 mum, stop. I'll do the gravy on the day. Just slow down. She's like, there's nothing wrong with being prepared, darling. Is she making it in advance? She's making How far in advance How do you need to make bread sauce? Well, I thought you just banged it in a blender. No, no, she's, she's prepping everything yeah, and, and she's really trying to sort of outdo me already and I can just feel the, the stress already. <laughs> Really taking over because I want to do it. Do you have a signature Christmas dish, a dessert? Oh, I mean, I'm all about the turkey. Like, turkey, roast potatoes, gravy, I love... I I truly believe gravy is the most important thing because you pour it over everything. Mm. So it has to be good. It has to be good gravy. Yeah. What's what's the secret to making a turkey that's moist? Like, all the turkeys I've had are always dry. Well, start with a really good turkey. Like, make sure you've got a high-quality, slow-grown turkey. And make sure that you don't overcook it so the idea of cooking it for hours and hours and hours obviously depends how much it weighs and how hot your oven is but you need to really keep an eye on it and just don't overcook it so get a meat thermometer that's really helpful um and that way you can see what the internal temperature is and once it reaches 65 take it out and rest it um and just it will cook on and you need to rest it for at least a couple of hours so it's all in the resting. Wow, it's all in the resting. Let it chill. Yeah, let, it let it chill out and it will be moist. If you start with a good bird, as long as you don't hammer it and cook it until it's dried out, it will be fine. And baste it as well as you go. It's based. All these I mean, things. you're a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian and Jewish, so this is great, but useless. <laughs> <laughs> You've created some organic Christmas recipes with the organic trade board. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, sure. So um, in back in November, the... Um, OTB invited me and some fellow food writers and and chefs to um, create a menu for a sort of pop-up that we did at Carousel in Marlebone and um, I did a canapé which was a dehydrated beetroot crisp with topped with a kind of uh, fresh raw beetroot chopped salad um, and some organic Sussex slipcoat cheese from the high wheeled dairy. Um, so I did a canapé and then there were other people like John Quilter who did a delicious organic porchetta, um, Anna Jones who did a celeriac and um, sweet garlic pie topped with popped cannellini beans um, and uh, who else? How do you pop a cannellini bean? Sort of cook them until they slightly pop I think. Anna Jones, um, And then there was Gil Meller who did um, delicious uh, like purple sprouting broth broccoli cooked in bagna cowder which is a creamy anchovy sauce um and he also did some beetroot some roasted beetroot on on a delicious labno which is strained yogurt um and then chetna Mackham did a really delicious chocolate ganache um tart with a kind of crumbly hazelnut praline brittle thing going on it was all just really good i'd like to eat that i'm really sad that we didn't get an invite this sounds incredible yeah you guys should have been there the whole, the whole point was to kind of show people uh, that um Alyssa's saying that we did get an invite oh uh, <laughs> just didn't you just uh, no show we couldn't go no okay, we were probably just trying to pies out for features um yeah no it was really cool the whole point was to try and kind of bring people's attention to to eating organic at christmas and how delicious it can be um, and how easy it is to make, you know, an amazing menu based around lovely organic products. And at the moment, what kind of um, ingredients are you cooking with that you're quite excited about this time of year? 
Well, definitely beetroot, um, which hence the beetroot heavy canopy. Um, I just, this time of year, there's so many great veg. It kind of, people say, oh, it's such a sort of dead time of year for food, but it's not. It's such a, it's such an incredible time. There's so many delicious root vegetables. I'm a massive fan of celeriac. Can't get enough of that. Can't get enough of beetroot. Um, the lovely leafy greens, the cavallo narrows, the kales, um, the savoy cabbage, Brussels sprouts, Brussels tops. Um, so all the veg, really loving that at the moment. Just loving the veg. And loving the veg. Yeah, and then in January, everyone loves the veg even more. Everyone goes crazy on veg in January, you know. Everyone ties out going vegan for a month. Yeah, veganuary. Have, yeah. have you ever done that? I haven't, no. It's kind of tricky with what I do because um, I'm testing and, and writing and developing seasonal recipes and mm. I'd sort of have to make sure that I didn't taste anything or do any non-vegan recipes and I'm usually writing months in advance so it's it's a bit tricky um I would like to give it a go because I because I totally understand the theory behind veganism and I sort of think that it makes a lot of sense in many ways um and I'm not opposed to it but I I like I I do enjoy eating meat so I don't think it's something I could go for uh full time but I'm definitely I'm more than happy to incorporate more vegan things into my diet. And I really love eating veg. It's just I, I eat a predominantly vegetarian um, diet at home and I just cook meat as a kind of special treat, really. Mm. It's a good, healthy attitude, I'd say. Who doesn't Suits love me. turkey? And then looking forward to 2018. <laughs> Loads of people. Loads of people don't like turkey. <laughs> looking forward to 2018. Uh, what's in store for you? Is there anything you can share that you're, you're getting up to next year? Um, any, pro- any projects? Oh, um not at the moment not kind of confirmed it's under embargo um uh, yeah i don't have i don't have um people keep asking me this i don't i don't really have anything as yet confirmed but i do regular recipes for um bbc good food magazine every month so i do seasonal recipes for them i do work with borough market magazine every month so that will carry on um and should be doing more pop-ups and supper clubs and things next year so watch this space and where can listeners find you not literally. <laughs> um, they can find me. I'm on social media, so I'm Rosie Foodie on Twitter and Instagram, and um, my blog's called a lot on her plate.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. And here's this week's news in brief. First up is a new opening on the bar scene. It's Nuala, uh, the first solo venture from Niles Davidson, a former chef at Chilton Firehouse. Um, and he's brought a slice of island to East London City Road. I mean, pff, there's loads going on there. Cocktails, um, pff, music, you know, great Dublin knees up. And that's happening at East London. Um, also, another thing that's opening for the first time, um, Dalston Roof Park for the winter months has gone for a transformation. There's blankets, water bottles, just all the, you know, all the winter warmers. Um, and they're hosting loads of parties. There's a new NYE party going on and they're holding, holding, um, cinema nights across. Um, the winter months and lastly on December the 23rd Camden Town believe it or not is getting turned into a winter wonderland um, there's live music DJs local street food performances an hour of bottomless mince pies um, and Christmas cocktails so get yourself down to Camden also lastly squeezing one more Club Mexicana on the 20th 
On the 20th, yeah, on the 20th of December, it is right. Um, are hosting a taco party at Pamela because um, it'll be their last week in residency at £30 per person, unlimited vegan tacos. Our next guest on the show is Terry Masika. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about Happy Endings. So Happy Endings is our retro dessert brand. So we have two brands, Fraser Vajan and Happy Endings. Um, so we've just opened a dessert bar in Old Spitterfields Market, which is going great. It's super nice. It's all over social. I've seen I know, it everywhere. I know. We've been like going for it with our ice creamers and our hot desserts, which has been pretty good. So what, what happens at a dessert bar? Tell us. You come and indulge in delicious things. How many desserts do people so come we've and got, eat? Well, I think the record is about three. One guy was sitting there in the afternoon and just decided that he'd just... It's quite a low record. I could get through three desserts. No, are they, they, are they, they, they might be big. Are they big desserts? No, they're like nice size. Pathetic. So, I'm come and challenge him. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do that. Um, we, we, we used to... Well, we first started Happy Endings when we were doing our dessert nights. So uh, a couple of years ago, and that was our pop-up dessert nights where you could have five courses with matching natural and organic wines. Wow. Um, and that was brilliant. And then we sort of went on this journey into ice cream sandwiches, and now we've come back around to doing desserts and ice cream sandwiches, and we'll start our pop-ups. So what's Again, your bestseller? Sorry. Our bestseller is our hot chocolate at the moment, obviously, because it's freezing. And we put rum in it. So that's so like, it's yeah. like really super Christmassy. So we've got like uh, we use original beans chocolate. So it's um, you know beautiful organic chocolate, and the whole story is amazing and tastes delicious. And then we use like a kraken rum, and we've made like a black four spice marshmallow to put on top. So it's all like nice and melty. And oh my god, I can definitely have three of those as well. I think you can have three of those. I tend to have not with rum. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on the on the job, no way. But like, I, I have a couple of hot chocolates a day. They're pretty good. Brought us sometimes. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. so sorry. No desserts like, is very disappointing. It was a very exciting paperwork day today. I'm afraid. So. What inspired you to start Happy Endings? I, <laughs> it sounds so it sounds, it sounds it sounds really dodgy. Sorry, mummy. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's not what you think. But basically, um, years ago when I was living in Melbourne, I was thinking about there was nowhere to go for desserts only. So I just like had this idea for quite a while now to make a dessert restaurant or just do something specific. So because often, and this is by no means any offense to any chefs out there, but sometimes you go to a restaurant and you have a dessert at the end of a really amazing meal and it's just like a bit of a disappointment. Mm. And so I, do, often. I do agree. So often. But also, like, you know when you go to restaurants and they make the desserts almost, like, too fancy? Like, no one wants a deconstructed cheesecake. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, well, I think that, it, yeah, it's a really tricky one because it feels like an afterthought sometimes and I wanted it to be the... The main well, event. The main event. And also because I know that when I was working in restaurants, it was my job to get those people coming back. With in, in you know in amongst the whole team, so if you eat a dessert and it's a bit not great, you're really kind of left with that flavour. Mm. Rather than if you had this like wicked dessert and you've had this wicked meal and great service, I think it just ranks a bit higher on your list of places to go back to. So definitely, I sort of thought, well, let's just skip all the other stuff because I don't think I'd want meat cooked by me um, I'm much better at the dessert so I thought I would just go straight for the main event and then so how long was that process of coming up with the idea and actually like starting to do it I think it's like it seems really long but 10 years or something like that mm. because you know you go on all these journeys as a cook you go you know I wanted to learn about chocolate so I spent a long time learning about chocolate and then 
I went and did lots of stages around around in different countries, and then I did something else, and then I was like, oh, hang on, I think it's time to do it now. And so, like, I started three years ago. But I thought maybe I would have started, like, ten years ago, but it's sort of, you know, life takes you on a bit of a interesting journey through different things, and all of those things actually lead to a point. But, you know, at the time, maybe you don't realise what the jigsaw mm. is, but it starts to come together after a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Is there any Christmas-inspired desserts we've on the menu? Lo- we've got loads. <laughs> we've gone for it. We've got a neon sign now, so we're making the most of being all bright and sparkly. Um, we're going to do a... We've got a chocolate bauble, which is filled with our own made soft-serve ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then we, like, we've got like this little like chocolate forest floor. So I'm really regretting that it was a paperwork day. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm really sorry. <laughs> None of us have had dinner. <laughs> I should have totally hooked you guys no, up. Fine. Anyway, you can come to the dessert bar. Thank you. And I will hook you up there. But basically, yeah, so we've got this little chocolate forest floor, so it's got like little chocolate twigs and popping candy. <laughs> I love a bit of popping candy. Everyone loves popping candy, right? It's It's a genius thing. Some legend made that up. Um, And then we've got freeze-dried cherries, rosemary, and like a spice, like a Sri Lankan spice cake called Love Cake, which is a fabulous name for a cake. And then you put the ice cream on top, pour our hot chocolate over the top of it, and it kind of like does that imploding thing. Mm. So it's all a bit soupy and saucy and crunchy, and it's nice. It's made for Instagram stories, basically. It's made for Instagram stories. It's It's made for flavour. And then Instagram stories, <laughs> just to get the order right. Um, but and then we have um, we're going to do a little bit of an Australian dessert, which is what we would have at home, which is a pavlova. So I'm going to make like a pavlova soft serve with tamarillos and passion fruit. Pavlova, I feel like pavlova as, as a dessert in general is quite underrated. Oh, it's, it's so bloody underrated. great. It's seasonal though. You wouldn't have a well, isn't it? Well, this is my I, Christmas time, so I'm thinking of the sun. Mm, okay. Even fine. though I'm freezing. <laughs> I think but, it's good all year round. I think it's good all year yeah. round. But anyway, I wanted to bring a bit of Australian Christmas to the market, so that's So the what's plan. on the pavlova? So you've got like poached tamarillos, a little bit of tamarillo sorbet, and then the, our own soft serve with vanilla, crunched up pavlova, passion fruit sauce, little meringues. Oh my God, it sounds amazing. It's that a little bit of like delicious. a dessert extravaganza. And can you just tell us quickly about dessert dates? On the Friday nights. Oh, yeah. So we've got one this Friday night, and then we'll have them starting up in January again. In January on Friday nights. And what can yeah. people you book on Eventbrite? Book on Design My Night. Okay. And then, or direct with us, and then you can have expect, like, four courses of dessert. And then we'll do, like, probably seven with little bits, mm. matching wines. So we've got natural wines going with that cocktail and arrival. And how much is that ticket? £40 plus, and then the wine option. Small price optional, to pay optional for, wine for happiness. It is a small price to pay. I you think. cannot put a price on sweet happiness. <laughs> it's for happy can, it's about £40. So. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, they sound amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. How can people find out more um, about Happy Endings? Um, so <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> good. Every time you, you, can, you can look for Happy Endings. Is it possible to not make it sound dodgy, can I just say? It's not. It's all double entendre central. So basically, it's Happy Endings LDN. Okay. Make sure you put that otherwise. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to do. Exactly. So that's on Instagram and Facebook, same name. Happy Endings LDN. Cool. Fantastic. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you for joining Thank us. You. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. Welcome back. Um, Giles, mm. where have you been eating this week? Do you know what? I've eaten a lot, out a lot this week. So and while I've been in Vegas, yeah. you've been dining. I've been feasting. So one of my favourite places in London um, to stay is called the Kensington. It's in Kensington. Um, and it's a very cute little boutique hotel, beautifully designed. I've stayed there in the past. And they have a restaurant called Townhouse. And I went um, probably last year. I thought it was time to go back for a visit. So I went last night. It 
first things first it takes atmospheric to new levels like it's so low lit you can't actually see your food but i like that like vibey but it's vibe- like dining in the dark it is like i mean i'm not exaggerating when people had their phones out to use the torch on their phone to look at the menu Ooh, but i like that but it's but it's so romantic and the food is just amazing like so good as good as i remember which is always nice because sometimes yeah. you go back to somewhere and it's disappointing so nice we did the whole sharing style thing because that was the mood we're in um started with burrata which was delicious with cherry tomatoes and olives they do the best homemade guinness bread it's like cake and it's just so sweet and delicious like i don't like guinness but i like guinness bread it's very good news then had an aubergine mutabal which is like an aubergine puree with pomegranate on it fancy delicious and then oh favorite dish i had was chicory walnut pear and blue cheese salad kind of like a random combination which was just perfect and then made some dover sole and it was all just so good like honestly flawless food is that a set menu no or? that was all sharing style it's not um cheap it's not cheap okay but if it's sort of special occasion it, it, it has the feel of a special occasion restaurant and they also have a nice bar called k-bar um which is also quite vibey less low lit like you can actually see the menus in k-bar and at the moment they're doing a special cocktail with elephant gin save the elephant which is nice um i would really recommend it i would say it's more kind of datey perhaps than like taking your mum than anything it's quite a datey I'd say it's sort of a late date were there, were there a lot of people on dates when you were there do you know I felt like there was a lot of people that were staying at the hotel a lot of okay. people a lot of solo diners which I respect yeah a lot of women with books just reading great oh wait they weren't reading they just had books they probably were hope they were reading e-readers <laughs> kindles so that was a really nice thing I had something else that I had this week which was good so I went to Modern Pantry on um in Clarkamore haven't been there in a while it's tasty and handsome yeah it's good so i went there for brunch because i'm millennial and like to spend all my money on avocado and i had avocado on toast which was tasty and the most and that's the reason why you can't <laughs> afford a house deposit exactly so it was like that article was like oh no one can get houses because they're spending on sandwiches that's such a line like no millennials eat sandwiches but all carbophobic thank you very much we're just you know, <laughs> buying sushi from whole foods anyway um modern pantry i had the most inspired granola it was chocolate and pecan granola with coconut yogurt it was so good also it isn't reasonable i haven't i haven't saved a lot this week on dining out but it's such a nice experience modern pantry and it was the day it was snowing so it's all sort of festive also i really like modern pantry's veggie fry up Mm, yes my boyfriend had that was good yeah it's thick slabs of halloumi some great uh, vine roasted tomatoes avocado bread eggs I really like it. There, it felt like there was a lot of people who were doing that kind of pre-Christmas gals meet-up thing. Yeah. I think it's also Modern Pantry is one of those places that like great for gals, your mum. Mm, it's quite versatile. Yeah. Very we would good. do our gals meet-up thing there if we had more than 20 friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so what have you been eating? I know we've been eating because you ate it in the office in a yes. panic. Um, so <laughs> Do you want to tell the story for how this came about? Yes. I realised that I'd been away. I'd been away in Vegas. The podcast was coming up. I'd yet to review anything um for for tonight uh, so in a panic i ran downstairs um and next door is a greg's <laughs> so i ran into the greg's uh, daniella was behind the counter in the camden branch and i got the last festive bake she nice lady daniella because she said to me look it's not hot and I said look can you stick it in the mic and she said no we can't do that so anyway I brought it back to the office I, I did stick it in the microwave because I think I felt the festive bake you can't have a cold festive no, bake no it's not you? very festive um, and the festive bake is stuffed with chicken breast sage and onion stuffing bacon in a creamy sage and onion sauce 
and it's the smell was quite pungent oh my god it was so potent like that festive bake it the aroma it filled the entire office in like a second it was like you know when you burn a scented candle yeah. it's like um, incense of greg's yeah oh, people would pay for that and what was your verdict on the festive bake um delicious Look, Greg can do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, they really can't. But it was really, really good. And I, I was surprised at how good it was. The stuffing was like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> so much so that I actually couldn't taste anything else. But I love stuffing anyway. So, like, great. It was really good. And if you want to get in the festive spirit, it doesn't really scream Christmas. You know, when I buy it, I'm not like, ooh, Yuletide. <laughs> But it did. It, it was delicious, and I really enjoy how different our reviews of the week yes, were. Yes, you can tell. Um, but it was for for one pound seventy. Great, I'm into it. Well done, Gregs. So, as part of the show every week, uh, we ask you to tweet your questions at us. Kind of any lifestyle questions, things you want to know about London, going out, food, drink, anything else. No, That's... but but you can tweet us at the underscore AT show. Exactly, and we'll get back to you. So we've had a few questions this week. Um, one from Ed Greenland, who said, I've got a date in London and want to go down the mulled wine route. Any suggestions? Not too fancy and expensive, but just a good Christmas vibe, preferably away from the Christmas crowds. So not too specific then, Ed. <laughs> Thank you for that. Spoons. <laughs> a where, of road where, spoons. No, seriously, where would no, you, on okay, the spoons, sorry. where would you recommend? Um... Okay, personally, it is a bit busy, but I think it's got a great vibe. It's had a winter makeover. Last day of Shoreditch, uh, near Old Street. Um, They've got a great mulled wine menu. And they also have a spiced pepper mulled cider and a guava and orange mulled wine. Um, They've got outdoor heaters, loads of street food going on. Really, really great. Sounds nice for a day. I think that'd be right. And there's like live music. And I think that... It's quite, you know, it's very unpretentious and very chilled. And if it's a first date, second date, who knows, Ed? But I think you should take your lady there. Oh, that's it's so cute that he even cares that much. Yeah, my but boyfriend, nice, nice. My boyfriend was just like, let's just meet in the local pub. <laughs> he wasn't tweeting at podcasts or anything. Um, I would recommend someone called The Devil's Darling. It's in um, the Napoleon Hotel. And they've got loads of retro festive uh, cocktails, including a very good mulled wine. And it's, it's quite chilled. No Xmas crowds. So I'd say that's quite a good shout. It, it is a little bit more swanky, though. Yeah, it's sort of a, a, a hidden den. Bust out your shirt, Ed. <laughs> this is the time to wear a nice shirt. Get on your best shoes. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the Devil's Darling is got some great creative cocktails um, on the menu. So I think that's excellent shout there. Sounds good to me. Um, and then Sarah has tweeted us asking, what's your favourite workout in London? Alicia, where do you like to work out when you're not eating Greg's festive bakes? Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm about as flexible as a wooden board. Yoga and Pilates, not my jam. Um, I like to sweat. You actually like to be shouted at more specifically. Yeah, like I you do. like a you like to be screamed at first thing in the morning. Yeah, I like a boot camp. I like you know those dance tracks that <laughs> you know that you wouldn't normally listen to on your iPod, but when they're in the gym, you're like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, so I'd say F forty five. They're everywhere mm. now. They're kind of spawning like rabbits. The I mean Paddington. Tonkor Road, there's one in Farringdon that I go to. Um, so it's 45 minutes mm. circuits. And it's it, it's over so fast that you, you can't really think. It is like disgustingly sweaty. Yeah, I did it with it you is. once and it's quite, it's full on. Yeah. You've got to be like a certain level of fit to even try it. 
But I, I do agree, but... It's not a beginner's class, F45. No. It's intense. It is really intense, but after the 45 minutes, you're, you can feel like you can take on the world, and mm. I'd really recommend it. For just a really good kind of endorphin, get your yeah. sweat on. So I, I'm more on the sort of yogi flexible side and um, I'm, when I'm not going to try yoga which I go to a lot um, shout out to try yoga it's so nice and peaceful um, I like hardcore I go to one uh, St John's Wood but there's lots of them there's hardcores all over London and I like a bit of reformer pilates it's fun it's sort of like you're on this like machine it kind of feels a bit like play but it's good it kind of you know it's 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 quite like sort of aesthetic focused if I'm honest it's quite yeah. like let's work on our abs now it's not it's not so mindful but um, it is a really good workout and you do feel like you're kind of building a bit of strength whilst do you you're sweat? doing it I actually can't sweat as in like no, I physically don't sweat I've no. never sweated like I've never purchased deodorant but then I'm also really like sort of hot the whole time like a jacket potato I don't know why people need to know this but it's true like I've just never sweat you but I think, I think glow. <laughs> yeah. overcooking. Um, yeah, but I think people would sweat hypothetically. One would sweat. <laughs> okay. Great. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Um, so yeah, remember if you want any questions um, answered on the show, just tweet us at the underscore at show, and we will answer them for you. Well, thank you so much for doing, joining us this week. Um, next week we will be talking. It'll be Christmas Day when next week's episode is out, and we will be talking about cocktails. Yes. So um, thank you so much. I've been Alicia. I'm Angelica. Thank you for listening to The AT Show. You've been listening to The AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a Candy Store production for About Time magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw, and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit KetzerMusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to JovaLondon.com for more information.